Will you turn with me, please? I had a, a scripture I was going to read, but just before I left the house, the Lord dropped a scripture into my heart, and I want to speak on it tonight. And it's in John's Gospel, chapter 16. John's Gospel, chapter 16. If you have your Bible with you, would you please open and read with me, please? Just leaving the house, and this dropped into my heart, and I thought, well, I'll read it and see what the Lord gives me out of it. John's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 7, and we'll read on from there. The Lord Jesus is the speaker here, and he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Expect nothing else but the truth from Christ. For he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man cometh unto the Father but by me. We expect nothing but truth from him. The truth teller is the truth personified. Even Pilate could say, what is truth? Looking at the Son of God, eyeball to eyeball, asking him the question. And still he couldn't see truth. And I can tell you, friend, tonight there are many who maybe who have heard the gospel before. And Christ has been presented as their only means, manner, and method of salvation for forgiveness of sin, and yet they could not see the truth like Pilate could not see the truth. Here the truth personified is speaking forth truth, the word of God bringing out the word of God, speaking forth the word of God. And nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. Would you bow with me in a word of prayer? Father, again, would you take your word, and let it be known, and become real to every heart, to every person. Lord, if there's one here that is not saved, we pray, O oh God, that you would speak to their hearts. Lord, that you draw them by your Spirit. And Lord, may they come under by faith the precious blood, the fountain which flowed from Emmanuel's veins. Father, we think of those, maybe someone who has fallen away and maybe even went as far as going into the world. And Lord, they're living their life with riotous living. Lord, would you speak to them and call them back? Would you show them their, their need of you? Would you show them their sin before you? 
And Lord, we just show them the way. Lord, we ask you that you would just speak to our hearts now for these next few moments to glorify your only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus, and help me to speak well of him and for him. For his name's sake, we ask it, and for his glory alone. Amen. The Lord Jesus is telling his disciples, telling that he'll go away. They're a bit dismayed at this because the Christ, the one, the man from Galilee, Jesus of Nazareth, whom they had followed these now three, almost three and a half years, whom they seen doing miracles and signs and wonders, and whom they heard preach the kingdom of God, the power of the kingdom, whom he healed the sick and he raised the dead, and they watched all of it, they heard all of it, and now this one is, he's telling them that he's going away. He's going to die at Calvary. He's going to give his life. He's going to shed his blood. He's going to be laid in a tomb. And three days later, he will rise again. But he will ascend to his father. And so he makes a promise to the disciples. He says he will send a comforter. In verse 7, Nevertheless, he says, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus is saying to dismayed disciples, I will not leave you comfortless. The word comfort gives the idea that I will not leave you orphanos is the word. I will not leave you like orphans without mother or without father. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. And here he says he'll come in the power of the Holy Ghost, of the Holy Spirit. He says he'll come. He will lead you into all truth. You see, there's something about the gospel that's so simple. Yet it's so profound and so deep that the most wonderful mind and thinker on the planet cannot grasp hold of the things of God, nor can he or she understand the ways of salvation, nor the need of salvation. Without the Holy Spirit showing them their need. Notice here the Lord Jesus said, that the Holy Spirit would come and he would do three things here at the start. First of all, he says in verse 8, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. The term to reprove here, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will show the world, that is, those whom the Holy Spirit will quicken. Maybe that'll be you tonight. Maybe that'll be you. The interest will gather in your heart. It's not of yourself even to come here, but rather the interest is already of the Holy Spirit. And he will reprove. That means he will bring all things to light. He will bring all things to light. In other words, he will show the man and he will show the woman their sin. 
He will show them their need of a Savior that they must realize they cannot save themselves. And he will show you the only way of salvation, which is in Christ and Christ alone. I love thinking of the things of the Spirit. I must admit, I love being in a meeting where we call it a Spirit-filled meeting. We need the Holy Spirit in every avenue of our lives, in every part and in every way. And we need the Holy Spirit when we gather as a church. We are without doubt that without Him, a church is a social club, some sort of religious gathering. And without the Holy Spirit... There is no meeting with God. But something I want to point out to you, friend. I understand when we say I am a spirit-filled believer. I understand that. And that's okay. And I understand when we say we were in a spirit-filled meeting. And I, I enjoy that. And I understand that. And I, I, I am encouraged when people say he, she, or, or myself, or I'm a a spirit-filled preacher. That's encouraging to know, and that's good. But that's not the chief office of the Holy Spirit. The chief office is in verse 14 of John chapter 16. Here is the chief office of the Holy Ghost. John 16 and verse 14, Jesus said, He shall glorify me. He shall glorify me. While I am interested in the things of the Spirit, Spirit-filled meetings, Spirit-filled preachings, and while I, I love those things, I am more enthused. When I see a man, when I see a woman who are enamored with Christ, who are in love with the Savior, who serve him with a passion in spirit and in truth of the word. Because Christ said of the Holy Ghost, first of all, he shall glorify me. He will not only glorify him in our hearts, but he will teach us about him. The Holy Spirit will teach us about the Son of God. For he shall receive of mine, he says, and shall show it unto you. A meeting that is void of the preaching of Christ is not a meeting at all. A meeting that is void of the uplifting of Christ is not a meeting at all or worth going to. A meeting that does not glorify Christ, a sermon that does not glorify Christ, a preacher who does not glorify Christ, then he knows not the things of Christ. But rather, the man who is caught up with the Spirit will be enamored, will be in love with the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you love him, friend? Do you love the Master? Do you love the Savior? 
Has he captured your heart? As the old Puritan Samuel Rutherford said, and I quote it on a regular basis because it's one of my favorite sayings from I first found it. Listen to what he says. Since he hath looked upon me, my heart is not mine own, for he hath run away to heaven with it. Has Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, run away with your heart? Is your heart on the earth and on earthly things, worldly things, temporal things, or is your heart in heaven with Christ? Is he your heart's desire? Is it your heart's desire to see him exalted in our land, in our nation, among our people, in the churches, in your life, in the ministry, in song, in preaching of the word, in witness, on the streets? Is it Christ and Christ alone? Then that's the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the living God, He who comes, and he says, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. You can't be saved, friend. This is important. You cannot be saved. You cannot be forgiven of your sin without the Holy Spirit showing you the things of Christ. What things, you might ask, must he show me? The things of Christ are this, that he is deity, clothed in humanity, that he is son of God and son of man. And without him being deity, then we are a lost humanity. And if you can see he is God with a face, the only begotten of the Father, the unique Son of God, then the Holy Spirit hath shown it to you. Something else you'll find that the Holy Spirit will show, take of His and show unto you, is that He was sinless while you and I are sinners. That He was spotless while you and I are stained and tainted by the world, the flesh, and the devil. And that he, he alone kept the law of God that each and every one of us hath broken the moral law of the Ten Commandments has been broken as Moses broke them on the clay tablets at the foot of the mount when he seen Israel in their sin worshipping false deities and other gods. Those smashed laws we're smashed in our lives. We have broken the law of God. And you know the Bible tells us that sin, what is it? The Bible says it is a transgression of the law. Each and every one of us depraved in the fall of Adam in our humanity hath broken the law of God unable to keep the law of God, the holy law, the royal law, the just law, 
the righteous law. And that, my friend, is the baseline for a man and a woman to enter the kingdom of God. A man and woman to enter into God's heaven. The baseline is this, that we must have been able to keep God's moral law 24-7 every day of our lives. And yet even in that, our very nature is depraved and in sin our mothers did conceive us. Friend, we are lost. Without hope, without Christ, we are lost. Thank God he sent his Son. The Holy Spirit will show you this, that the one who was sinless and spotless and holy and harmless and undefiled, he who lived the life we could not live, he who kept the law of God that we could not keep, He bore your sin, the weight of your sin and my sin. He bore it all, every single part of it. He bore the penalty when he hung and bled and died as our substitute. He took my place. He took your place. He took our place at Calvary. And there, my friend, the Holy Spirit will show you that this sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ is the sacrifice of the Lamb of God. The last Lamb, the final Lamb, Heaven's Lamb, was sacrificed. He gave His life freely that you and I might be saved. Herein the Holy Spirit will show you. Take of the things of Christ and show it unto you. Who he is. The Holy Ghost will show you this friend. He will show you that he died on the cross. When he hung his head on a pulseless breast. And he gave up the ghost. He says no man taketh my life from me. Notice no man taketh my life. Why? Because he is eternal life. No man taketh my life from me. He says, I have the power to lay down my life and I have the power to take it again. Here, the Holy Spirit will take of his and show it unto you. The Holy Spirit tonight is showing us the Lord Jesus Christ. His atoning death. He's a sacrifice on our behalf. He cried, it is finished. He cried, it's paid in full. My debt and your debt, the unpayable debt that we owed, is now being paid in its fullness. Here's what the Holy Ghost will show you. He shall glorify me, he says. He shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Here's what he'll show you. He will show you. That when Jesus paid our debt, he done it once and for all. It will never be repeated again. And there is no other sacrifice that is able to...
to cleanse a soul from sin. And to free those who are in the chains and bondage of darkness. He still sets the prisoner free. The Holy Spirit takes of Christ and shows it to you tonight. He takes the things of Christ and shows it to you that you might behold him, that you might fall in love with him after you cry out to him. He shall glorify me. And when the sinner bows the knee, and when the repentant comes to the foot of the cross by faith, after being shown the things of Christ, there they receive their pardon in its fullness, past, the present, and the future of our sinning has been paid for in its fullness once and for all. Glory to his name. The Christ has paid it all. The hymn writer could say, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Notice this. The Holy Spirit, he shall glorify me. He shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Now when we look at this reading of John 16, in verse 17, Jesus said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. For it is expedient for you that I go away. Now you understand, friend, why it was expedient for the disciples, why it was expedient for you and for me that he would go away. He didn't get on a boat, as some people try to say, and sailed away to France. That's what people try and say. And he married Mary Magdalene. Such blasphemy! Away with such a thought! He ascended to his father. And he's the man in the glory. He's the man who is praying for his own. Are you one of his own? You may say, well, how can I know if I'm one of his own? Simple friend, if the Spirit of God has taken and received the things of the Son of God, and he hath shown it unto you. And you can come by faith to the cross and say, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And Jesus, I believe he paid my debt in full. Like the man who went to the temple. Says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Friend, you can realize then you're one of his own. You are one of his own. When he says, nevertheless, I tell you, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Look at verse 8 of the reading in your Bible. And when he has come, here it is, he will reprove. He will bring to the light. 
He will prove the world of sin. He approves the world of hormartia is the word. It gives the idea he will not only bring things to light, but he will show they have missed the mark. They have missed the mark. That's what the Spirit of God shows you. See, men and women, they think because they're good in their own selves, you might be a nice person, you might be the nicest of people. Many people think because I'm a, a churchgoer, because I go to such and such a church or denomination, many people think these things are, well, I'm okay as I am, or they've been christened as we call it, some call it baptized as a baby or a child, that you are on the right road and you're going to be in heaven should something happen to you. Friend, I can tell you, there's nothing in this word that tells you that. And this is the manual. This is the roadmap to tell us how we get the glory. Your church will not save you, cannot save you, and neither can the one that I pastor. Cannot save you. No church saves, but Christ and Christ alone saves. Here we're told, He will reprove or bring to light the world of sin. He will show them they've missed the mark. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, it says, For all have sinned. All. That's you. That's me. That's all. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The idea there, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, is this. For all have broken the moral law of God and you've missed the mark. You missed the mark. How close can a person be? How close do you think you can be and be turned away from heaven? Let me tell you, Judas Iscariot kissed the Savior on the cheek after he had betrayed him for 30 pieces of silver. He kissed the door of heaven. And he went to hell. But I am good. Not good enough. None of us are. Notice here, he will reprove the word of sin and of righteousness. In other words, what he's saying is here, it means a condition acceptable to God. He will bring delight the world's condition to see if they are acceptable with God. You see, now, we try to persuade men, women, of the gospel and of accepting Christ because we don't want your soul, we don't want you to stand at the great white throne judgment on that day and your name not written in the book of life. We find that you're cast into a lake of fire. We don't want you there. That's why we tell you the truth of the word. That's why we're passionate about it. It might seem hard, but it's loving, friend. It's tough love because our flesh rejects it. And our egos hate it. But there are many who will stand in that day according to Revelation 20 at the great white throne judgment. Their name is not written in the book of life and they are cast into a lake of fire. So we tell you the truth and 
The idea of this is he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness. In other words, he will bring to light that they've missed the mark. They'll see they're not acceptable to God. And it's too late. There's no other chance, second chance, or going back. They've missed it. Missed the mark for eternity. And so, he will bring to light. We have broken the law of God. Made us sinners. We have missed the mark. We are not acceptable in an acceptable condition with God. You may say to me, preacher, tell me, how do I become acceptable to God? How do I, how do I avert myself being at the great white throne judgment that day? Friend, you're hearing the way. Christ is the way. Let the Spirit of God receive of Him and give it to you that He is your salvation. Christ and Christ alone, none other. Here we find He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and only Christ because He was sinless and holy and harmless because He's undefiled and separate from sinners He's made higher than the heavens because He kept the law we couldn't keep and lived the life we couldn't live because He is the spotless Lamb of God, the impeccable Son. That's who He is. And He died that we might be forgiven, that you might be saved, that you might never be in a place like a lake of fire, the great white throne judgment, but rather you will be found acceptable to God. Why? He gives us His righteousness. The Spirit of God takes from the Son of God and shows us it's His righteousness you need, not your own, not your good works, not who you are or what you've done or what they can do. It's not your pilgrimage, nor your rituals, your ceremonies and your sacrifices, but it's Christ. And it's His and His alone, His righteousness on us. And that makes me, I'm not perfect, very far from it. I never said I was, I never pretend to be. But I can tell you, friends, He is perfect. He's the only perfect one. And His righteousness has clothed me. I and every blood-washed, blood-bought believer, we are now, even in our feelings, we are acceptable with God through the righteousness of Christ and the cleansing of the power of His blood. I'm closing. And He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. 
He will bring the light. He will reprove. The word judgment here is the word crisis. Do you know what it means? He will investigate you. And those who are not in Christ, who have not been saved and blood washed and blood bought, who have not yielded themselves and surrendered their lives and lived for Christ, those outside of Christ, they'll be shown to have missed the mark. They're not acceptable with God. And they will have been investigated by the Spirit of God. It also gives the idea of an accusation, a separation unto a damnation. The judgment is this. You come to the judgment bar and the judge says, Guilty as charged. So the investigation of the Holy Ghost looks at the man and the woman outside of Christ, the Christ rejecter, and the investigation shows, Mr. Mark, you're unacceptable. You rejected my son. Guilty as charged. Accusation. Now separation into damnation. That's the idea of this word. Strong, isn't it? Very strong. Here Christ says, when I ascend, he will come. I thank God for his Holy Spirit who spoke into my life at the preaching of the word. Showed me a man who was a mess. I could write a book about it. Actually, I did. I have. About what he's done. To the glory of his name. Friend, I want to leave you with this. And he, when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Listen, of sin, because they believe not on me. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, he says to the disciples, because I go to my Father and ye see me no more. He was the only, the one and the only righteous one. And of all the world, and of all the people, the river on terra firma, he was the only one in all of the earth who was righteous. And I'll go to my father, that means there's no more righteousness. The earth is doomed and damned and hellbound on a broad road to destruction. But I will send a comforter. And he's going to be in the believer who will live by my word and live in my righteousness. That you don't have to be lost, doomed, and damned. That you can be plucked as a brand from the burning, from the broad road to destruction.
Of sin because they believe not in me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Listen, of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. The old devil who whispers in your ear. That preacher's crazy. That's okay. I've been called worse. That's okay in the streets. Preaching in the streets years ago. I was called far worse. They thought I was mad. Thought I was crazy. Now preaching in some pulpits, they still think you're crazy. I'm not crazy, friend. I'm not mad. The Holy Spirit shows you that that old devil who's turning your mind not to receive Christ nor to follow him nor even Christian to pursue him, tells you this. You have plenty of time, not tonight, some other time. You don't need this Christ, and that's not the Holy Ghost, that's the devil. It's the devil telling you that. The Holy Ghost will take of the things of Christ and show them unto you and say, He loves you. Friend, He loves you. The devil doesn't love you. The devil hates you. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, Jesus said. I am come that they might have life, they might have it more abundantly. The devil does not love you. He hates you. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy you. But Christ has come, you might have life. Life more abundantly, eternal life, everlasting life. The devil will tell you to hold off. Don't listen. This is madness. But the Holy Spirit will say, you know, and I start with the words of the Lord Jesus. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Did you hear that, friend? Not my voice, but the Spirit. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Telling you the truth. I trust you're saved, and if you're not saved, I can't save you. But I can point you to the Savior after this. I will as always stand down here, and as people have come many other nights and have said, I need the Savior, we'll be down there. We have a room to go to in private to talk with you, to pray with you, to point you to Christ. Don't leave here tonight. Don't leave here tonight, friend, without knowing him as your Lord and personal Savior. Listen to the voice of the Spirit. Listen to the words of Jesus, taking them from the Son to give it unto you. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Well, I'll leave that with you. Father, will you take your word and seal it in our hearts? You take your word, Lord, and continue to speak. May my voice be silent, Lord, and your spirit continue to show the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lift them up and glorify him, Lord. Speak to hearts. Draw men and women and save souls. For his name's sake we pray and ask it. And we'll give you the glory. Amen. Amen.